Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. There are a few activities that people, women in particular, keep learning are never a good idea to do solo. Two that stand out are exercising in isolated areas in nature, and getting into the vehicles of strangers. It's unfortunate because we love our freedom as much as men do. Sadly, in a world where not everyone is programmed to be kind and gentle, violent predators walk among us every day. Many hidden beneath the facade of an attractive face throw in a little charisma, and that predator is superpowered to bait victims. We've learned this through the Ted Bundys, the Richard Ramirez's, the Lori Vallows, the Paul Knowles, and Vera Renzi's of the world. I'm not going to include Chad Daybell because he's a dork, although he did draw a lot of women to him through his alleged visionary gifts. So there has to be some tiny inkling of charisma there. You likely know who Bundy, Ramirez, and Vallow are. Knowles and Renzi's are less known. Knowles was the so-called Casanova killer, and he committed his crimes between July and November of 1974 in the United States, accused of taking the lives of 19 people Knowles was done in himself by an FBI agent in December of 74 after attempting to escape while being transferred to a maximum security facility. In 1920s Romania, actress, psychopath, and black widow Vero Renzi's was accused of doing in between 35 and 38 people. Her thing was sprinkling a little arsenic into her lover's wine. Here's your Cabernet, honey. But back to the story at hand. This tale involves four women between the ages of 23 and 44, all caught unaware by a real-life monster who used his good looks and facade of being a gentleman to lure them to remote locations. There, he would immediately change his stripes and turn vicious and violent. His twisted game was to threaten the women with a weapon, tackle them to the ground, and then essay them. In May of 2023, so just last month, a prominent corporate attorney living in New Jersey but working in Manhattan named Matthew Nilo was arrested by police after a sting operation carried out with the FBI's assistance. Nilo can blame some of his relatives, people he may not even know, who unbeknownst to him submitted their DNA to one of those public genetic genealogy databases. That person or persons who submitted their DNA had no idea that they were helping crack a series of crimes. Karma really is a biatch. Fifteen years after allegedly committing a series of violent essays in Boston, Nilo was betrayed by his DNA. By the way, when I say essay here, I'm referring to the four-letter word that begins with an R 
and ends with an E. YouTube does not like that word. During his recent arraignment in Suffolk County Superior Court in Massachusetts, Nyla was charged with three counts of aggravated essay, two counts of nabbing people without their consent, another word YouTube doesn't like, and one count of indecent assault and battery. If convicted, Nilo could spend the rest of his life in prison, and he can kiss his successful law career. Bye-bye. Standing by his side as the charges were read out in court was his likely shell-shocked fiancée, Laura Griffin, who held a rosary in her hand. Nilo and Griffin became engaged just a few weeks before Nilo's shocking arrest. He entered a plea of not guilty with a look of total bewilderment on his face. This bed crime story takes us back to 2007 and 2008. Those were the years of a great financial crisis in America when many people lost their jobs, their life savings, their homes, or all three. The housing market crashed and it left pretty much everyone affected. During those two years, Matthew Nilo, who hailed from the Boston area, was studying psychology for his undergraduate degree at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Over holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, and summer break, Nilo would travel back home to Massachusetts. The first crime that he is accused of occurred in the early morning hours of Saturday, August 18, 2007. Nilo would have been 19 years old at the time. It was on this day that a 23-year-old female who'd been out with friends in downtown Boston left a bar and headed on foot in the ghost town-like area towards State Street to look for her car. State Street is one of the oldest streets in Boston. Located in the Financial District, it marries historic buildings with modern skyscrapers. Bustling during the day, it often falls quiet at night. As this 23-year-old walked in the direction of her car, hearing her footsteps on the pavement, she was approached by a man in his 20s with light olive skin and brown hair. Because his face looked familiar, she thought she knew him. When he offered her a ride to help look for her car, she willingly got in. Big mistake. Instead of driving her toward her car, the man took the now trapped and frightened young woman to Terminal Street in Charlestown. Terminal Street is in a predominantly warehouse district in the Charlestown neighborhood of Boston. It's near the waterfront, there are not a lot of people there at night. There are railroad tracks nearby. No one would hear you scream in such a place at such an hour. If this young woman felt at all vulnerable walking alone on State Street, then Terminal Street with this now not-so-friendly young man likely sent her into panic mode. The man told her to get out of the car. He also barked, shut up, and the threat was that if she didn't, he'd do her in. To further control his victim, the man said he had a weapon. Next, he essayed her on a grassy area near those dismal railroad tracks. The second attack Nilo is accused of occurred on Thursday, November 22nd, 2007, over Thanksgiving break from college, another 23-year-old female was leaving a bar on State Street once again 
the same location as the first attack in August. She'd been attending a high school reunion. She entered a vehicle that she mistakenly took for a taxi. She gave the driver the location of an ATM near her apartment. When the driver drove past the intersection with the ATM, she politely told him, he missed her turn. It was at this point that the young man flashed a shiny, sharp object. He then drove to, you guessed it, Terminal Street, where he ordered her out of the car, knocked her to the ground, and essayed her. The third attack that Matthew Nilo is accused of occurred on August 5th of 2008, which would have been during his summer break from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This time, a 36-year-old woman was panhandling near Boston Common in the area of Boylston and Arlington Streets when she was approached by a man in his early 20s. The man promised her money if she drove with him to Charlestown. Can you guess where this dude drove her to? That's right, Terminal Street. They got out of the car. He tackled the female to the ground and held a weapon to her back. This time the man essayed the victim repeatedly. Note that DNA swabs from the first three attacks all matched the same unknown man. A fourth assault occurred in the early morning hours of December 23, 2008. Again, Nilo would have been home from college during this period. So even on the day before Christmas Eve, this predator was out trawling for another victim. A 44-year-old woman was jogging in the area of Terminal Street when a man ran up behind her, wrapped his arms around her in a bear hug, and tackled her to the ground. When she screamed, he said he had a weapon. The man put his hand in her pants and essayed her. But this lady wasn't going to go down easily. She fought him off and poked him multiple times in the eye with her gloved fingers. All the while, the man was repeatedly yelling out, I have a weapon! I have a weapon! I have a weapon! This brave lady eventually got away after a struggle. That act of touching his eye left DNA on the glove, and the authorities were able to obtain a DNA profile from it. She helped the authorities build the case against Nilo. But 15 long years would pass before anyone discovered who this serial offender was. Over this period, Nilo earned his bachelor's degree in psychology then moved back home to Boston to work at a law firm before attending law school in San Francisco. He returned to the East Coast to begin working as a cyber attorney and in January of 2023 started working with a company called Cowbell Cyber. In 2022, police revisited the investigation into the series of attacks, which had long gone cold. According to Boston Police Deputy Superintendent Victor Evans, the new investigation was the result of a $2.5 million federal grant that was written to revisit unsolved cases that present the greatest threat to public safety. This time, the authorities were able to use genetic genealogy when looking at the crimes. They scoured the publicly accessible DNA databases to narrow down the pool of suspects. Eventually, the name Matthew J. Nilo rose to the surface as a person of interest, a.k.a. 
a suspect. Once they had a name, the police and FBI agents began surveilling the now prominent lawyer, Matthew Nilo, in the New York metropolitan area in early 2023. The agents followed him to a corporate event where food and drink were served. The ever-clever FBI agents watched the defendant schmooze at the event and then secretly swooped in and grabbed utensils and drinking glasses that Nilo had used. From one of the glasses, the Boston Police Crime Lab obtained a male DNA profile from Matthew Nilo that matched the suspect DNA profile from the three Terminal Street essays. Prosecutors have said that detectives determined that this profile was 314 times more likely to belong to Matthew Nilo than to any other male in the population. To arrest Nilo, the police and FBI came up with a ruse to draw him down to the lobby of the Weehawken, New Jersey apartment building that he shared with his fiancée, Laura Griffin, and on May 30th of 2023, with the promise of a large package that did not fit into the lockers where residents pick up packages, law enforcement tricked Nilo down to the lobby. Instead of getting a big old delivery, Nilo got slapped with an arrest warrant and handcuffs. Much to the utter shock and confusion of Griffin, he was immediately taken into custody. I'll say it again. Karma is a biatch. Nilo waived extradition to return to Massachusetts to face the charges and was soon transported there. During his recent arraignment, Nilo, with a continuously confused expression etched across his forehead, pleaded not guilty. His fiancée was clutching rosary beads nearby. His lawyer, Joseph Cataldo, said he looks forward to clearing his client's name. Nilo's bail was set at $500,000. Personally, I don't think that's enough money for this guy. He can probably raise that in no time. The court also said that if he's able to post bail, then Nilo must agree to do four things. One, wear a GPS tracker. Two, avoid contact with his alleged victims. I'm sure they feel really good and safe about this. Not. Three, surrender his passport. And four, keep 1,000 feet away from Terminal Street in Charlestown, unless he's accompanied by his lawyer. Nilo's trial date is set for June of 2024, and he will be back in court on June 12th for a bail hearing. So far, his fiancée is standing by him much like actress Bijou Phillips is standing by her actor husband, Danny Masterson. Nilo's lawyer is already voicing issues with the prosecution. He said, quote, I do understand that the procedures used by law enforcement are somewhat suspect. It seems that they obtained the DNA evidence without ever obtaining a search warrant. If that turns out to be true, that's an issue that will be pursued vigorously. It makes you wonder if Nilo could be connected to other unsolved essays from Madison, Wisconsin, San Francisco, California, and others in Boston as well. Guys who do this stuff don't tend to take breaks. It's a compulsion for them. And I'm assuming it would be the same for females who commit such acts. 
Until the next time, on Bed Crime Stories. Did you find this interesting? Did you learn anything from it? If so, for God's sake, smash the like button. But attorney Matthew Nilo finding himself on the other side of the law. How do you plead to those offenses? Guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. The 35-year-old is accused of raping three women and attempting to rape a fourth. All attacks happening in the area of Terminal Street in Charlestown back in 2007 and 08. Today, the prosecutor detailed the three rapes in which two of the women mistakenly got into his car. Once outside of the car, the male told her to shut up or he would kill her and that he had a weapon. At that time, he flashed a small knife at her. He then drove to Terminal Street in Charlestown, where he ordered the victim out of the car, knocked her to the ground, and raped her. After they got out of the car, he tackled the victim to the ground, held a gun to her back, and raped her. Nilo grew up in Boston, but was living in New Jersey, where he was arrested last week. Prosecutors say investigators matched his DNA to the crimes using a genealogy database, and then got their own samples. FBI agents were able to obtain various utensils utensils, and drinking glasses they watched the defendant use at a corporate event. But Nilo's defense attorney questions whether any of that is legal. It seems that they obtained DNA evidence without ever obtaining